glory to God. Well, I'm so thankful that we have a, a guest speaker, but she's not really a guest speaker. She's our speaker. And, uh, I, you know, I was taught when we were, in, when we were at uh, our first church, always bring up somebody that you're, you can be proud of, that you know that would give a, a good word that you can uh, believe in. And so I have all the confidence in the world that our friend Terry McFadden Solomon is going to give us a good word from the Lord. Amen. Let's welcome her as she comes. Church. Amen. Did you feel the ground shaking this week? That's a wake-up call from the Lord. Some of us are sleeping on the job. I said, wake up, church. Wake up. Tell you, and Charles thinks that I'm having uh, illusions. I, I came to the bathroom. I said, did you feel the room shaking? He said, you were dreaming. You were dreaming. It's nothing shaking, you know. So my husband is the eternal positive attitude person, but uh, and I thank God for that, okay? <laughs> I thank God for that. Well, there is a word from the Lord. I am excited. I am excited when I hear from God. Have you, do you ever just hear from God where you know he's talking directly to you? I was sitting in the dining room, uh, uh, I guess it was about a week ago. And I was sitting there, and, and God says, go in the backyard, go in the backyard. And I'm like, maybe that's God, maybe it's not, I don't know. You know how you do, you know, you hear something. He says, come on, come on, Charles. He says, go in the backyard, I want to tell you something, I want to tell you something, you know. And so finally I said, I'm just going to be obedient, you know, I'm just going to go in the backyard. And I went in the backyard and set my little chair that I like to pray in and was looking at the little flowers, and all of a sudden, this hummingbird just came up and just buzzed, you know, and buzzed around. He was just hanging around, you know. And I said, I just want you to see that, you know. And I thought that was, like, so sweet because I knew that if I had not gone out or if I had come out later or whatnot, I would have missed it. But he was just so beautiful and, you know, and whatnot. And um, another time, uh, God told me something crazy. I was... I was walking on my daily walk through the park, and uh, and uh, when I lived in Pasadena, and uh, I was walking through the park, and the Lord said, "Lay down on the grass," and you know, and I'm like, "I'm not laying down on the grass. Why do people think I'm crazy? I'm not going to lay down on the grass." You know, He says, "Come on, stretch out. Just lay on the grass." You know, because I'm like in a walk mode. You know, I'm like going. You know, walking. He says, "Come on, lay down on the grass." And it was so strong, you know. He says, you going to obey me or what? So I said, okay. So I'm, like, looking around, like, let me see if people are looking at me, you know, and think I'm a homeless person, you know, just laying out on the grass, you know. So, I, you know, I just went over and just laid down on the grass. And you know what the Lord said to me? He said, now thank me that you're on this side of the earth. And I said, Whoa. He says, you're on this side of the grass, you know. He says, keep living for me. And I just, I was just blown away. I was just, I just laid in the grass and I just worshipped him because I was above the ground. <laughs> and that's what he wanted to tell me that day. So, you know, be sensitive. Listen, you know, because, you know, when the Lord speaks to you, he could be saving your life. I'm serious, you know. And sometimes when he just tells you small things to do, it's not so much that uh, I think that he may even have something for you at that moment, but a lot of
sometimes God would just practice on me obeying his voice. You know, the fact that he wanted to show me a hummingbird and the fact that I was willing to listen means that when something important comes up, I'll be really, really in touch and say, I know that's the voice of God, and I, I'm going to obey. If he's telling me to wait here for a minute or don't drive my car down that street, I'm listening, you know, because I know his voice. So just be sensitive to the voice of God because he really, really does speak to us. He speaks to us. He speaks in our ear. He speaks in our heart. He speaks in our thought life. He speaks to other people. Amen? So I want to just want to encourage you to really, really tune yourself to the word of God. Let's pray. Did we pray already? No, I don't think so. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just thank you so much, Lord, for your wake-up calls, Lord. Lord, you didn't have to give us a life pass this morning, but you did. And we're thankful, Father, that we have another day to serve you, another day to praise you, another day to glorify you and magnify you, Lord. We recognize that every day that you give us of life and every day that you give us of love, Father, is a day to praise and to celebrate you. So now, Lord, we salute you, we magnify you, we glorify you, Father, and we thank you right now that the pages of this book are being lifted, Lord, from this page. Ride on the wings of the Holy Spirit and find a dwelling place in the heart of every hearer and every believer. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to um, speak to you about your faith about believing God in prayer, believing God. Now, I know we pray, oh, Father, we just thank you, you know, hallelujah, amen, and Lord, would you please give us a new bicycle, fix my car, you know, tell my boss, you know, to stop bothering me, and we pray, 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 pray. But the thing is, a lot of times we pray, and it becomes more of a ritual than, a, than, a, than faith, you know, soaring on the wings, knowing that we have sent our word into the heavenly realm and that God hears and God, right as soon as we send it into the heavenly realm and that petition becomes before his throne, that angels are dispatched on our behalf. You know, we have to see the whole picture of what, what, it, what happens when we pray. I remember I was teaching a Sunday school class one morning with some little, little kids. I'm talking about three, four, five. And um, I said, you know, when we pray, our prayers are lifted up and they ride on the wings all the way to heaven. Our prayers have wings and they ride on and they go into heaven. And <laughs> Miss Little Gid said, this little boy said to me, prayers can't fly. <laughs> prayers don't have wings. You know, they're just words. And you know what? That's what a lot of people think, you know. And that's why they make statements like, well, we've done everything we know to do, so all we can do is, like, like that's the last resort instead of the first resort. And I always think of that little boy who says, you know, prayers can't fly. Prayers are just words. Birds fly, not words. But prayers do have wings, and they can fly. Now, um, I want you to look up with me to Romans 4 and 20, because we, I want to talk to you about Believing what you pray and knowing that your prayers are real, that they are true, that they have power and they are effective when we pray in faith. Amen. So Romans 4 and 20 says, yet 
he, meaning Abraham, is it on the board? Okay. Um, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. And this is why it was credited to him as righteousness. Now, if I ask you to tell me what I just said, you know, a lot of you would be going, duh, you know, because you're not, you may not be really grasping the power of this scripture. Now, what my husband and I did with Romans 4, uh, 20 through 22, did you, did you get that? Did, were you able to put it up or you're not able to put it up? To Punky. No, do you know what I'm getting ready? Now, I want you to read this with me. Because now we are going to personalize 420. This is what my husband and I do. Read this with me on the board. Come on, I can. I will not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but I will be strengthened in my faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he has promised, he is able to perform. And the next one I didn't write down. And therefore, it is accounted unto me as righteousness. No, no. I don't think y'all did this with any kind of enthusiasm, okay? Because when we say it, and I mean, and something is on the line, we don't talk about Abraham. We talk about us. We talk about what I believe. I want you to say this. First of all, let me, let me do this first. Let me, I want you to think about something that you really, really are believing God for. It may be a miracle. It may be some kind of change. It may be someone in your family. It may be a job. It may be a child. It may be your health. I don't know what it is. But the point is, God says, if you ask me to do something, I want you to believe it. Okay? I want you to believe it. So now I want you to think about that thing that's going on, and I want you to say this, and I want to hear authority. I want to hear faith. I want to hear you say this like, I believe God, okay? You going to say it with me? Let's say it with me. I will believe at the promise of God through unbelief, but I will be strengthened in my faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he has promised, he is able to perform. Now, what you should do is take out your cell phones and take a picture of that. Because, listen, when Charles was on a walker, we said this every day. I will not waver unbelief concerning the promise of God. God has promised this to me. God has made me promises. I'm not asking for something he has not promised. I'm asking for what God has already promised me. And I will not waver in unbelief. I will not waver and wonder if God is going to do it, wonder if God is going to hear me, wonder if God is going to move, when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. I will not waver. I'll be strengthened in my faith. And how do you strengthen your faith? Give God the glory. Stop and give him the glory. So, God, I believe you. I trust you. 
I need not to understand it because I know you're powerful. I know you're wonderful. I know you're marvelous. And God, I'm going to walk backwards in my life right now and think about all the places where I've been, where I've been when I should have been dead. I should have been homeless. I should have, my marriage should have been over. My children could have terrible things. I walk backwards through all the promises that you've kept over the years. And as I walk backwards and think about all those things that you've already brought me through, you've already done for me, how could I now waver? I will not waver. I will not doubt you. I will not be in unbelief. I'm strengthened in my faith by praising you. And sometimes when you just when you know when you just feel like it's not happening and, and things look like you're losing the battle, you're losing the fight, it says, give him glory. Just stop and give him glory and just say, God, I praise you. God, I thank you for what I thank you for the victory. I thank you, God, you're gonna turn this around. I thank that you're a present help in time of trouble. I thank you that you're my way maker, Father. I thank you, Lord, that the enemy's hands is bound. I thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against me is gonna prosper because this is my heritage as a son and the daughter of the most high God. That's how you give him glory. And let me tell you what happens when you give him glory and decide that you are not going to waver in unbelief. Uh, this is a message that I'm going to do at another time, but I just want to give you one little verse, okay? And this is a coming attraction because I know at some point Pastor Chuck is going to, you know, God is going to make a way for me to come back here and I'll be able to talk, talk to you again about this, but I'm going to give you a name, Okay? And when I give you this name, when I come back, I'm not going to talk about him today, but I'm going to give you a name. And you may have never heard this name before. And it says, and it's 2 Kings 18 and 19. You had that one up? 2 Kings 18 and 19. And I, I'm not going to even talk about this today, but I want to give you this name. Okay? And it says this. It says, then the Rabshakeh said to them, say Rabshakeh. A lot of you have never, how many of you never even heard that name? Never heard that name? I hadn't heard it. Y'all have heard it already? You haven't heard it? Okay. It says, then the Rabshakeh said to them, say to Hezekiah, this is Old Testament, but I want you, as I said, this is a coming attraction. I'm not preaching this. But it says, the Rabshakeh said unto them, say to Hezekiah, thus says the king, the king of Assyria, which was Hezekiah's enemy. Okay, he was coming to destroy Hezekiah. He says, what is this confidence that you have? And the Rabshakeh goes on to tell Hezekiah, you're wasting your time. You're already defeated. You're not going to win. You're going down. The king of Assyria is stronger than your God. He's stronger than you. You're not going to win. Now, the only reason why I mentioned this word Rabshakeh, because when you say, I'm not going to waver in unbelief concerning the promise of God, the Rabshakeh starts talking. Now, the Rabshakeh was sent from the king of Assyria to break Hezekiah's confidence, to make him fearful, to make him think that this, this God you're talking about, he can't help you. Who's your Rabshakeh? What is he saying in your mind? What report have you been given? What situation are you facing? What tax situation where they're going to get your house, your car? What, 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 what thing are you dealing with? 
legally. I don't care spiritually. I don't care what you're going through. There's always a rab shacker. And he is sent from the enemy to talk to your spirit and to get you to waver in unbelief. He wants you to waver. You know, like a like a like a like a, a tree that's planted, okay? And uh and and you you know that tree, the storm comes and it starts blowing, and the tree starts bending, and you look in and say, Oh, I hope that limb doesn't break off. I hope it I hope it can keep still, keep standing. I hope it's not gonna get uprooted. I hope it's not gonna break. He says, I will not waver. And unbelief, I will not let unbelief cause me to doubt God. Now watch this. Look how powerful this is, though. Look how powerful this is. Let's go back. It says that, that Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. That's 4 20, It says that because Abraham believed God, it was accounted unto him as righteousness. Does anybody see that? Anybody have that in their book? You need to underline that circle, that thing, righteousness. Because a lot of people think that righteousness is the idea of just doing what is right. Okay? Are, are you a righteous person? You say, oh, he, he's a righteous man. He was a righteous man. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, he didn't smoke, he didn't chew, and he didn't fool with folks who do, okay? You know, he didn't drink. He was a righteous man, okay? But here God is saying something different about righteousness. It says because Abraham believed God, it was accredited to him as righteousness. It is your faith, your faith in God. That makes you righteous. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. It says because Abraham believed God, it was accounted unto him as righteousness. So when, when did this, this is Romans. This is Romans 4.20. And Romans is talking about someone that was way, 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 way back so far back in the Old Testament that they called him Father Abraham. That's way back. The father of many nations. Father Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him. Go to me Genesis 15. Genesis 15, 2, where this first story first starts out. And it says in Genesis 15, 2 and 6, it says that God made Abraham a promise. Because Abraham said, God, he says, you prospered me, but I don't have any children. I don't have any sons. I don't have anyone to give my inheritance to. You can read the backstory on this. And he says, oh, what about that? I, I, I've done all this work, and I can't even pass it on to the next generation because I don't have a generation to pass it on to. And God said, Abraham, I'm just telling you the story right now. He said, I want you to look up at the stars in the sky. Does anybody remember this story? He says, look up at the stars in the sky. He said, you are going to have more sons than all the stars in the sky. 
your name will no longer mean be Abram. Abram was meant one thing, but Abraham meant the father of many. He says, your name is going to be Abraham. You're going to be the father of many. And then it goes on to say, then you get to this verse. It says, and Abraham did what? He believed God. And because he believed it, even though he didn't see it, even though it had not manifested, it says Abraham believed God. And because he believed God, it was accounted unto him as righteousness. So eventually, even though Abraham went through some times of doubting, made some bad decisions, because of what happened? One minute we believe God, but when the evidence doesn't look like God is doing what he said he was going to do, then we unbelieve God. And he listened to Sarah and got himself in a big mess. And I can hear God say, I thought you believed me. I, t I told you. But it says that Abraham got back on track, believed God, and it was accounted unto him in, as righteousness. And so what happened, because Abraham believed God, the manifestation of what God promised finally came into view. And it came into view in such a powerful way that what happened back here with Abraham believing God and then seeing his sons like stars in the sky. Do you know how many tribes in the Middle East and tribes around the world still call him Father Abraham, who are still the descendants of Abraham? That was how big God's promise was. And so in Galatians, they quote him in Galatians. Galatians 3, 6 says, so Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. See how the story keeps going on and on? Every prophet, every writer keeps pointing back to Abraham as the example of what faith will do, of what righteousness really looks like. Righteousness is believing God. Finally, James quotes him, and James says this, James 2, 23. You see that his faith, and that his, Abraham's actions, he's talking about Abraham, were working together. Abraham's faith and Abraham's actions were working together. Abraham's faith caused Abraham to act a certain way. Abraham's faith caused him to step out and do certain things. Abraham's faith caused him to trust God to do what he was led by God to do. Abraham's faith, he didn't just believe it, but his belief caused him to take certain actions. It says, Abraham's, you see that his faith and his actions were working together. See, faith without works, hey, you haven't done anything. They were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. Let's say that together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. What he, what he did. I'm going to say it this way. And your faith is made complete by what you do. Let's change the tense again. And my faith is made complete by what I do. Y'all not talking to me. I want some people to talk back to me. And my faith, come on, is made complete by what I do. 
not sit around and whine, sit around and doubt. My faith is made complete by what I do. And the scriptures was fulfilled that says, let's say it together. Abraham. Do you see, do you see how every writer in the New Testament is quoting the Old Testament? He says, this is what righteousness is all about. It's about believing God. Oh, I want to, I want to close. I, I, I want to close. I just want you out. Let's go to Malachi 4 and 2. Malachi 4 and 2. Hallelujah. I'm going to read it out of my Bible. If I can find it. I thought I could. Hallelujah. Malachi 4 and 2. It says this. But you, I don't know if she got, if she got it up here, praise God. But you who revere my name, hallelujah, that means honor my name, reverence my name, understand the power that's in my name. But you who revere my name, the son of righteousness, it was accounted unto Abraham as righteousness because he believed God. He believed God, and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. We got that, right? And it says, and those who, I'm going to change this a little bit, who believe in me, and it says here, reverence my name, but that's what it's talking about. But those who reverence my name, the son of righteousness, whoo, the son of righteousness, Oh, I wish I had some Baptist people in here who get what I'm saying. It says, when you believe God, it is accounted unto you as righteousness. And when you reverence him, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go out and leap like a calf. Leap like a calf released from a stall. Oh, somebody, you know what? I wish I had some people that would jump up and say, you know what? When I believe God, it's accounting me to righteousness. And you know what righteousness is like? It's like the sun rising up, the sun of righteousness. I, not the S-O-N, but the S-U-N. That light, that power, it will rise up and you will come out leaping. I'm talking about new life, new strength, new healing. New deliverance, leaping like a calf that's been locked up in a stall. Have you ever felt locked up in a stall and you can't get out of your situation? He said it will be like when you open up a stall and the calf has been locked up and he comes out leaping because he's been healed. He's been helped. He's been delivered. He's been strengthened. He's been renewed. His needs have been met. His prayers have been heard. His faith has worked for him. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to just leap. Leap like a calf. Leap like the stall is open. And you're coming out. Hallelujah. 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 The son of righteousness. The new day. The new day. The, the new report. 
the new news, hallelujah, the turnaround, the turnaround, the change that's going to come. He says, I promise you, when you reverence God, change will come. The stall that you're locked up in will open up, and you're coming out. Say, I'm coming out of this. Look at somebody and say, I'm coming out of this. Look at somebody and say, you coming out of this. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming through. Now we're going to do something that is directly connected to our faith. We're going to take communion.